You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. This is Mamma Mia Daily, the stories you need to hear today, read by the women who wrote them. I'm Melody Tay, editor of mamamia.com.au, and on today's show, what it meant for one woman to be diagnosed with ADHD at 38. But first, Mamma Mia staff writer Shannon Finlay on her decision not to have sex. I've said no to sex for two years. Here's why. By me, Shannon Finlay. I used to think about sex a lot. What it would feel like, who I would be doing it with, and when exactly it would happen. I thought about the sheets or the floor I'd lose it on and the noises I'd make naturally or not. I wanted something perfect but simple. A first time that I could tell my friends about. I had so many ideas about sex and about what should absolutely happen that when it actually did happen, the moment became so blurry I found it hard to recount to others. He was experienced and older but still just as awkward as me. He didn't do what my friend said he would, and there was no fantasy, no romance. It was just about experience. That's it. Back then, I didn't really know all I'd know about sex now, that it can be awkward, rushed, and complicated, and that as good and fulfilling as sex definitely could be, it can also leave you feeling a little incomplete. I moved on quickly. Sure, there were other partners, some that were memorable and others that weren't. Now, I'm not particularly religious. I don't have any egregious beliefs about womanhood or the female body. But there came a moment, somewhere in between 21 and 22, where I realised I didn't actually want sex. I wanted a good story to tell my friends and to feel like I wasn't missing out on the fun everyone else around me seemed to be having. I didn't enjoy hookup culture the way others did. I didn't feel similar to my friends at all or share any of the same sentiments about casual sex. So, in hindsight, I suppose my decision to become abstinent was quick. I deleted dating apps, unfollowed, blocked and unfriended a number of people from my social media profiles and let booty calls, cringe, go unanswered. It's now been almost two years since I last had sex and I've never felt this much peace. I'll admit, it's a weird feeling to be this young and to not take part in a practice that is so normalised in our society. But, in all honesty, abstinence in 2022 is pretty great. Of course, I'll clarify that I have plenty of regrets in my life, but being abstinent isn't one of them. Nowadays, I feel guilty when I don't invest enough time into my platonic relationships but there are no more bad feelings over not getting a text back from a guy I slept with the night before or that sick feeling of regret after a bad hookup. So, if you're wondering what's changed for me, I'd say my dating life has. I don't focus on sexual chemistry so much anymore because when I date people, I make it clear that's not as important to me. There's no underlying sexual tension because sex isn't my end game anymore. I think a lot of me is still a sexual person, I may not partake in casual sex, but 
If I liked someone enough, I'd happily break my dry spell without a second thought. For now, though, I'm happy not hooking up with other people. If you yourself are stuck in a loop of disheartening sexual encounters that leave you a little worse off in the end, think about how casual sex makes you feel, and then decide if those feelings are good. If they're not, perhaps try abstinence and see how it goes. Who knows? You might even enjoy it. I hope to no longer be my harshest critic. What it's like being diagnosed with ADHD at 38. Written by Jana Link, read by Jess Kingston. Late 30s or early 40s. That's the age range where women are mostly diagnosed with ADHD when it is not picked up in childhood. This rings pretty true for me at not quite 38. I remained undiagnosed until very recently. The possibility of ADHD as a diagnosis for me didn't enter my radar until I started navigating the area with one of my kids over the last few years. I kept reading again and again just how many adults there are walking around undiagnosed, with a particular emphasis given to just how easily girls can fly under the radar and miss being diagnosed during their childhood, often despite obvious signs. I was told many times throughout my youth that I was a daydreamer, off with the fairies and not applying myself. So, earlier this year, I set about actively seeking a diagnosis. Here are a few of the feelings and takeaways I got from my diagnosis. It is both validating and a bringer of relief. Overwhelmingly, I knew there was a reason studying, paying bills and not interrupting people had been so hard over the course of my life. It also might explain why I may have been impulsive and prone to risk-taking behaviour over the years. I also gained insight. I feel this new diagnosis offers me the capacity to alter struggles that may lay ahead of me, but to also understand those days gone by. Maybe, just maybe, future struggles won't be so hard, understanding now that my brain is particularly cluttered, chaotic and prone to overwhelm, and that there is a reason for it. It's just wired a little differently, and that's okay. I also hope to no longer be my own harshest critic. I hope I'll have the power, due to my newfound insight, to lay off myself a little. Confident in the knowledge that despite what my brain is telling me, I don't always say the wrong things or come across as socially awkward. I have hope that I will be able to use this diagnosis to improve my output. I also live with other pre-existing chronic illnesses, which of course adds to the layers of complexity of my individual experience. My hope is that being able to treat and manage one of these conditions effectively may allow me to work within my limits a little more. I also hope that I will become a little more organised and develop systems that work for my jumbled brain. I hope that I'll finally be able to bring myself to sort out that old email inbox with 56,000 unopened emails, just sitting there continually taunting me to do something about it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mamma Mia Daily. And for more from our writers, check out their profile links in the show notes. I'm Melody Tay, editor of mamamia.com.au. The show's producer is Claire O'Halloran and our audio editor is Tom Lyon. We'll be back next week with the stories you need to hear read by the women who wrote them. See you then. Big thanks to anyone listening who has become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Subscriptions cost as little as $5.75 a month. For more information, head to www.mamamia.com.au forward slash subscribe.